Hello everyone and we just want to um, welcome each one of you again as you join with Kate and myself and we trust that you will be encouraged as you meet around God's word and you hear God's word. We just want to let you know that we do thank the Lord for each one of you that come on with us each week and we thank the Lord for our family, our friends, for all our children and grandchildren and for those who are serving the Lord throughout this world. We just appreciate one, each one and we pray that each week that you will be encouraged and that you'll grow a little bit more um, in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus. Hi there everyone, great to be with you again. Um, hope you've had a tremendous week and walking with Jesus and following him. And um, here in uh, Brisbane, it's getting cooler, so we're um, rubbed up a little bit, and we've had a, a good week, a busy week, but an exciting week, and hopefully moving on into another week next week to glorify him as well. But this week, I want to encourage us with the um, thought of you and I abiding in the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, the Lord Jesus tells us this himself in, in John chapter 15, verse 4, in John's gospel, Jesus speaking, he says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. So we cannot bear fruit, he's saying, of ourselves. We only can do it as we're connected in, abiding in this vine, which is the Lord Jesus. Then, just five verses later in verse 9 of the same chapter, he says, As the Father loved me, I have also loved you. So as, as God the Father has poured out all this eternal love in God the Son, Jesus says, that's how I love you. So abide in my love. This love that I give to you, abide in that love. It's a good love. Um, and later, sorry, earlier on, John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32, he says, if you abide in my word, you're my disciples indeed. If you lock yourselves into this word and understanding it, it's an evidence that you're my disciple and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free, says Jesus. So th th this thought or this idea of abiding is something a little unusual to our society today. But in the language of the New Testament where, where, we, where we read this word abide, it generally means to, to stay there or to continue with or to, to dwell in a, set, in a setting, but to be very settled in that location or settled in that being in the case of um, being settled in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what Jesus has just been saying in our verses is this. This is a bit of a paraphrase of my own. Stay in me, continue in me, keep me, keep Jesus for your dwelling place. So abiding in Jesus is the ongoing lifestyle extension of you giving your life to Jesus Christ. You've done that in the past. You've given him your life. This is the ongoing extension of that today. And then John tells us in John 15, verse 5, uh, that, that Jesus is the vine and that we are the branches of that vine. And as we abide in him, then these branches are going to bear good fruit. But we're, without Jesus, who is the vine, we can do absolutely nothing. I mean, that makes sense. Branches on their own are not going to bear fruit. But when they're locked into the vine, which is Jesus, then there's, there's sustenance there, there's food there, there's life there. So fruit can be born. And this means that if we're to live lives of merit and purpose, then it becomes essential for us to stay connected to that vine because in, in this vine being Jesus, we have life. And of course, that life that we know is eternal. So being a Christian is so much more than just getting a pass into heaven whenever we die and leave this life. I think today there's a, a tendency for a lot of people to think, I've settled things with Jesus, I can live as a want, 
but I want to challenge that thinking. I don't believe that thinking to be biblical, God there otherwise. So we have to really live connected to this vine, and that's our, our challenge today, if you want. So attempting to get a little bit practical then, um, how do we actually abide in the Lord Jesus Christ today? How do we abide in this vine today? Well, Jesus mentions two very important phrases that are going to help us understand as to how we can live like this. In John 15, verse 9, he refers to the believer, I hope that's you and me, he refers to the believer as abiding in his love. And then in John 8, 31, he speaks about the believer abiding in his word. So abiding in his love and abiding in his word seem to be two very important phrases. Um, I want you to look at this abiding in his love, and as we do so, I want to open this up by quoting by, from John Piper. Here's what Piper says. Not to abide in Jesus' love would mean that we stop believing that we're loved by Jesus. Not to abide in Jesus' love would mean that we stop believing that we're loved by Jesus. That's a big statement. It's major important. Uh, so for that to happen, we have to take our eyes off Jesus and then begin to focus on ourselves and on our circumstances in life. So it would mean that we would focus then on the, the terminal illness that has sadly befallen us and we're troubled by that. And that becomes our whole focus rather than our focus being of, of living for Jesus and following him in the midst of that terminal illness. Perhaps it would be the focus on the collapse of a relationship. We so wanted this relationship to be positive, to go ahead. That, that becomes our whole focus. And, and Christ, the vine, becomes a secondary focus. Maybe the loss of a loved one that we just say we can't live without. And it's a terrible loss, but we, we, we felt that we could keep them, that we could maintain them here. But, but Jesus and his wisdom said, no, they're, they're coming home to heaven. And we, we, we feel this incredible loss. And there's that loss of a love when we, we, we struggle with that or maybe it's a failed business venture or whatever. But if we focus on these tragedies or our conclusion then might be that Jesus no longer really loves us or cares for us because look what he permitted to happen. He took our loved one away. He permitted the marriage, the relationship to fail. He permitted the, the business to fail. He's permitted the terminal illness to come to my life. Does he really love me then is the question that hangs there. So that type of thinking is completely opposite to our abiding in the love of Jesus. We have to recognize that, that everything that comes into our lives as a committed follower of Jesus, as those who are abiding in him, is always under his sovereign authority and is always part of his great eternal love for us. And he's only doing the best for us in every circumstance of life, even though we might not always be able to see that. Look at Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 30. Let me read them to you. Matthew 6. 25 to 30, if you have a Bible worth looking at. Here's what we read, read right there, Matthew 6, 25 to 30. Um, do not, sorry, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Uh, yet those are things we always worry about. We, we worry about life and, and how to maintain life and keep life and keep it going. Uh, we, we, we worry about what we should eat and drink and our society tells us that we worry about what our body looks like and all this stuff and what we wear. Clothing becomes very important to us. Fashion is important. So he says then, is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father, he tells us listeners, your heavenly father feeds them. And then he says, are you not much more valuable than they, than, than these birds that the Heavenly Father feeds? He feeds them. Are you not more valuable than that? He's asking this question. 
Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? It's impossible. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon all in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. He would have been incredibly uh, full of splendor, amazing gowns and all the things of the day that would just be incredible, would, would blow our mind. And Solomon would, have had, Solomon would have had all of that. His wives would have been dressed to the absolute nines. It'd been an incredible sight to see. But somehow he says that, you know, the, the lilies, lilies in the field, that they're dressed better than that. And then he says, if uh, that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, so it only lasts a short time, will he not much more clothe you, or you of little faith? So that's a bit of a challenge to us. You see, God loves you, and, and he loves you abiding in his son, Jesus your Lord and Savior. He wants to meet your needs. He wants to bless you. He wants to encourage you. And he says, follow my word. This is truth. This is how to do it. And he loved you so much that and desired that, that, that you perhaps today in Brisbane, Belfast, um, Germany, America, wherever you are in Europe or whatever, uh, living in, a, in, in, you know, you're in 2021, that he's so concerned that you abide in Jesus that in the year 1813, a long, long time ago, he sent a guy called Adoniram Judson uh, to, to a little island called Burma to tell the people in Burma the good news of salvation in Jesus alone. And it cost him heavily in these years of service. He lost two wives and seven of his 13 children and colleague after colleague after colleague in, in death. He lost seven of his 13 children. He lost two wives. He ended up being married three times. Um, but losing all those children, losing colleagues, this ministry was costing him incredibly. In persistency, Judson learned the language as he struggled with sickness and trauma himself. And he went on to translate the Bible. <clears throat> and then he did street evangelism. And it was six years into all of this after arriving on the, on the, 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 in the nation of Burma, that um, before he could baptize his first convert, a guy called Mang Nao. So only by abiding in the love of Jesus, can you ever be like Judson and tell others about the Christ who has redeemed you? And like Judson, you need to be prepared. It may cost you. But in John 8, 31, Jesus then went on to say this, if you abide in my word, you're my disciples indeed. You see, we're called to keep on trusting what he has revealed to us about himself and about God the Father. So we've got understanding about Jesus. We've got understanding about God the Father, understanding about spirit, understanding about the Christian life. Well, these are important things. And if we read the context of John 8, 31 to 32, we can get a, a clearer picture uh, as Jesus speaks to these believing Jews. He says, if you believe in Jews, if you've, you've, you've once believed the old way, if you believe this new way, believe in me. If you abide in my word and the words that I'm speaking, the words that I say, the words that will be written in the word of God, you are my disciples indeed. If you abide in these words, if you settle, if you, if you believe in these, if you follow these teachings, you're my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth. He's implying there, others don't know the truth, but you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. So he's saying to us believers today, we can be free. Now, the end result for any true believer who abides in Jesus is your being, my being, completely set free. 
It's an amazing feeling. Freedom is a, a great thing. It's an enjoyable thing. We all want freedom in life. And in Christ, we're being set free from our natural desire to sin. Sin puts us into this prison cell, but Jesus sets us free. And so the avoidance of sin and our growing hatred of our sin is, in fact, the, the, the fruit of our abiding in the word. So we're settled in the vine. We're believing in the truth, and therefore, fruit's coming. And the fruit that is coming is enabling us to live as free people for the, Lord, the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, because we're set free by the truth that we have in him. So the reason that you and I continue then to have this struggle with sin in our lives is because we, we make a choice and we often choose not to abide in the word, not to follow the teachings. We, we, we say we do, but when it comes to actions, we oftentimes don't follow the teachings of God's word. In January 31st, 1834, 21 years after his arrival to Burma, Adoniram Judson completed his translation of the Bible. Here's what he wrote in that day. I've commended it to his mercy and grace. I've dedicated it to his glory. May he make his own inspired word, now complete in the Burman tongue, the grand instruments of, of his filling all Burma with songs of praise to our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Tomorrow I will have the privilege of meeting with some of those people from the nation of Burma, I call Myanmar, and, and teaching them the word of God because generation after generation after generation centuries later, believe and continue to believe in the message of salvation in Christ. That They abide in the truth. They abide in the word. They abide in love to Jesus. All because Adoniram Judson went and took the gospel there and declared Jesus Christ the only way to go to the Father. Now, now you and I are called to call by God to habitually abide in the words of Jesus. See, a true believer will desire to read and to obey and to practice the teachings of Scripture. And that's why Jesus said, abide in my word. That's why Adoniram Judson gave up all the worldly comforts that he was familiar with, even losing his wives and his children, even his own health. And it was only Jesus who enabled Judson to accomplish such great eternal things for, for the, the people of Burma. And it was only Jesus who enabled Judson to abide in Christ through all of these trials. And it's only Jesus who can enable you to abide in Christ as you journey in this life. And you may face some difficult times and trials, horrendous things, as I mentioned earlier, as Judson also experienced. He speaks of this in, in John 17, 11 and 12. Here's what he says. Now, I'm no longer in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to you. Holy Father, keep them. Keep them through your name, those whom you have given me, that they may be as one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I have kept. So he says, you know what? I've, I've kept all these people safe. These ones that you've given me, Father, I've kept them. So we discover that it is God who keeps us in the vine, and Jesus keeps us in the vine by praying for us. How amazing is that? Jesus, your Savior, your Redeemer, is praying for you, and he prays that you and I will not fall away, that we won't think we can make this Christian walk on our own, that we won't ever think we do not need to abide in the vine. He also gives us great hope that we should, um, on occasion, uh, great hope should we on occasion falter or wander or, or somehow choose to try and leave the vine. 
Jesus predicted that his disciple Peter would, would deny being his disciple three times before the cock would crow. You know the story very well. But notice what Jesus did for Peter, even as he went to the horrendous crucifixion for the sin of Peter and for your sin, my sin, for the sin of mankind on the cross. So we read these words in Luke 21, uh, 22, sorry, 31 to 32. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you. Now, now catch that. That means that Satan has approached God and Satan has asked for, for Simon. Satan, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. That's what the enemy wanted to do to, to Peter. But Jesus says, but I have prayed for you, Simon. I prayed for you, Peter, that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brothers. Now, now Jesus prayed for Peter to be kept or to abide, to remain. And Jesus prays in such a way that he knows this is going to happen because he says in verse 32, when you have returned, he didn't pray if you return. So all of this was permitted by God that we would learn an incredible lesson from. It's all permitted by God that you and I learn an incredible lesson about all of our walk and our abiding and so on in the Lord Jesus Christ as the vine. So he prays for Peter that when you have returned, not if you return, it's definite, it's going to happen. And so Peter fell into the anticipated sin and he denied knowing the Lord three times, not once, but three times. But he wasn't cut off from the vine because he was in Christ and Jesus prayed for him. And today, Jesus is praying for you because you're in the vine. So when you and I stumble, when we fall, when we succumb to sin, we don't come out of the vine because Jesus is praying for us. We're in the vine still. And many of us will falter, we'll fall into the temptation of sin. But because we're in that vine, we can return to your first love and find a welcome of forgiveness there, just like Peter experienced. And in this, we'll welcome others back also, others who appear to be wandering in the, the hopelessness of their sin, because like Peter, like you, like me, uh, they've been attracted to the world, and they've listened to the, the subtle call of the enemy, Satan. But thankfully, our Lord, the one in whom we all abide, whispers to us that he is praying for us. And he tells us, when you return, whenever you return to the vine, help make those around you strong in their faith in Christ. Show them your lessons. Share your lessons with them and tell them, you don't need to do this. I've had that experience. It was a tragedy. It was a problem. You don't need to do this. So our task in all of this, I think, is somewhat simple. Keep trusting the one who keeps us trusting. And perhaps someday, somewhere, a new chapter of missions will be proclaimed and a new name will be spoken for the glory of God. It will no longer be Judson of Burma. Instead, it may very well be you. May you keep abiding in his love. May you keep abiding in his word. And may you find great freedom in your Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me pray for you. <clears throat> Lord, I ask that you bless all of these listeners, that you minister to them graciously, Lord, that you'll, uh, that, that those who don't know you, Lord, will, will call upon you for salvation, and, and they'll recognize that they, they greatly need a Savior, and that you're the only one who can redeem mankind, that you're the only way to God the Father. Lord, I pray for those who have been attracted to the world and succumbed to that attraction, and the fallen, Lord, I pray that they'll be picked up, and Lord, that they'll be brought back, and they'll re re rejoin the vine, 
and that they'll be strong. They'll be able to tell brothers and sisters, don't do what I have done because the, the pain of sin is great. The reality of sin is great. But this vine, this vine is truth. And this vine is security. This vine is love. And so, Lord, we want to rest in the vine, our great God and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Be glorified, Lord, as through your spirit, you take this simple, basic thought and you minister to your people and to those who need to hear this message. And Lord, from it, may some be saved, may some be redeemed, may others be brought back. And Lord, we pray for great revival, fires to ignite in our souls and for others to be willing to take your word to a new region of this world, Lord, a region of the world that perhaps hasn't heard the gospel, hasn't been clear about the gospel. Lord, you're stirring some tonight today to really take your truth and, and, and launch into um, regions that are difficult to share your truth. Bless them, Lord, encourage them, help them and enable them and help us to be support to them. Thank you, Lord, for being the vine and thank you for saving us. Be glorified from all these thoughts and Holy Spirit, we ask that you minister to all these people. We pray this and through the amazing eternal name of our great God and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you again for your folks' time. We don't take it for granted and we really appreciate you jumping in here. And if you get a chance to let us know who you are, please do that. We'd love to hear from you. Stay blessed and we'll, we'll see you next week. All being well. Thanks.